0: It's trade deadline day, and while many Chicago Bulls fans expect this team to bet on continuity once again, we're going to talk about some of the likely outcomes and directions the Chicago Bulls could go at the trade deadline today. We're also going to talk about Kobe White's growth in becoming a building block for the Chicago Bulls and preview tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Air Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content. So I want to talk a little bit about Kobe White, right? Like I know we're going to get into the trade talk and everything like that here towards the middle part of this episode, but Kobe White, You know, everybody's really been impressed with how Kobe White's game has really evolved this season. How he's gone from, uh, in the start of the 2021-22 season, many Bulls fans looking at him as a piece that should have been on the trade block. A piece that the Bulls should have been looking to move on to get some size. Even, you know, I say that the first big video I had that blew up on the channel, that was the year I started this show, was me saying the Bulls would have been crazy to trade Kobe White. And Bulls fans thought I was crazy by saying that at that time not everybody there was a lot of support for Kobe in those comments as well but the way that Kobe has grown his game now has woken up a lot of people to, to remember the potential that Kobe came in the league with that potential was always there now due to roles, some of his own play uh, you know just needing the game to slow down to him other acquisitions that pushed Kobe White to the bench it, it just led this this Kobe to be a player that learned how to make an impact without scoring because when you look at the last two years prior to this, Kobe White, just, he had big games of scoring every once in a while, but he was not a big scorer, and that was the thing that he came into the league doing and kind of being the, the most thing, the, the, his most heralded skill was his scoring ability. And I think that that time, and, I, and I've said this quite a bit, I think that that time on the bench, after the Bulls acquired Lonzo Ball, then Io DeSumo became the starting point guard when Zo went down, that time for Kobe to come off the bench, I think was great for Kobe White's development. And by that, I mean both the mental and the physical aspect of the game, because at that point in time, after DeMar and Vooch and all those players get here, those shots that Kobe White was getting those first two years just naturally weren't going to be there for him. So he had to find a way. This is how I stay on the court. We saw his defense get better. We saw his understanding of the game get better. He went to go work with Dribble too much, and his, and his ball handling and just everything getting better with, with uh, for Kobe White. And now it's all coming together in this season where he won that starting point guard role in the offseason. Yeah, it started off the season a little bit rough, right? This season started off rough. I think people forget that not everybody was looking at Kobe as like this great starting point guard when the season first started, but this is why betting on players and not pulling them from their role, and that is something. As much as I did not expect Kobe White to 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 be that starting point guard coming into the season, once they made that decision, I did say, no, you got to let him go through his bumps and bruises as that starting point guard. Let him learn that role, and learn that role he did and the work ethic has been such an important—his He his work ethic is exactly what you want to hope that the identity of this team is going to be at players that just work hard. And Billy Donovan talked about that as well. Billy Donovan saying this, I don't know if his work ethic changed. He, he, uh, he has worked really, really hard. I've said uh, this a bunch about him. He's a real personal self-evaluator of where he needs to get better. And that generally when you see guys make the most growth, he has really taken on the responsibility of how do I impact winning? What are the things I need to do to impact winning? I think that's where the biggest growth is that he has made, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. This is the same player that, uh, clap it up. Y'all remember, at, at Bulls fans everywhere were pissed during that clap it up moment, and now Bulls fans are clapping it up for Kobe White because of the way that he's playing and performing on the field, on the, field, on the court for the Chicago Bulls. Averaging on, this, on the season so far, 19.4 points per game, 5.2 assists, 4.7 rebounds, all career best for Kobe White. Then you look at that as well, shooting 46.5% from the field and 39.9% from three-point range. He's taking seven and a half, almost three-pointers per game, um, and that is all career highs for him. He is absolutely killing it right now. Also averaging a career high, 36.1 minutes per game. Now, I did an episode not too long ago on, hey, is Kobe White playing a little bit too many minutes? We need him to there is that concern about just how much we have to utilize Kobe White. We don't want to run into another scenario and uh, where where the wear and tear just becomes too high. You see him now on the injury report and things like that. But all the, th- those concerns aside, the growth that Kobe White has had has been immaculate. It's been amazing. And while he's averaging a little over 19 points per game, keep in mind, he came in to the season averaging like 12 points per game. So that's rising every, every uh, month when you look at it. He started off. Uh, The season in October averaging 9.8 points per game, which wasn't that much different when he was averaging coming off the bench. That went up in November to 15.3 points per game. Really, a a huge increase there. Went from uh, shooting in that first month 30% from the field to shooting 43% from the field for the month of November. Then we get to December, 22.6 points per game, shooting the ball 46.9% from the field and 40% from three-point range. Then January, 22 points per game on almost 50% from the field and 40% from three-point range, and albeit only through a couple of games so far in the month of February, he's averaging 29 points per game on 53% shooting and 55% shooting from three-point range, and chipping in five and a half assists, five and a half rebounds, right under a steal per game. Kobe White is balling, and he's been getting better basically every single month in some area of his game, and we aren't done yet. And that's the thing that has made Kobe White. And talking about all the trades and the future of the Bulls, what's going on with Zach, what's going on with DeMar, what's going to happen with Vooch, can they move on from Javon Carter? There are a lot of legitimate questions around the Chicago Bulls, but one of the questions that you can eliminate now is that Kobe White is that young building block that we were ready and waiting to step up for the Chicago Bulls team and let's see where this is going to lead the Bulls going forward. Can we get another? Can can Dalen, Julian Phillips, Patrick Williams be that story next season for the Chicago Bulls? We all, we're going to hold out some hope for that. But at least right now, we got our building block in Kobe White. And, yeah, is he the player that you're going to build a championship team around? No, you can't say that. But he is a player that is definitely deserves to be part of that culture, part of that building block, and hopefully building something new. But it's up to the front office to do the necessary work to build and change this team. But with that said, let's get into it, man. So uh, yesterday we dropped a uh, emergency episode. The 76ers are reportedly circling Andre Drummond, uh, in that trade market, the Bulls' asking price for Drummond is now expected to be around three second-round picks, or you can get a very low first-round pick, uh, even you know, per Chris Haynes, that there is a team that would be willing to offer a first-round pick for Andre Drummond. But some of those teams are not going to be. We now got from Jake Fisher, the Lakers and Rockets are out on, on trading for DeMar DeRozan. While it had been expected, they may be looking for a center, they're kind of moving on, from, uh, from, you know, making a move for for Andre Drummond. That's that's fine. That's fine. And let's be clear, while there are some of those reason, those conversations around, you know, the Bulls now, we know they're asking price. The Philadelphia 76ers are hugely interested. Let's be clear. This Bulls team, we, we saw it yesterday, you guys saw the tweet, is still committed to trying to compete. And so they want to stay competitive, per the quote, uh, from the front office on this one. And so there is a world. It's not by any means that the Bulls are absolutely going to trade Andre Drummond. But I do think that it is a couple of reasons why. And I saw some of you guys ask, well, why the why would the Bulls look to trade Drummond? He's so good. He's so important for this team. He definitely affects winning. And all those things are true. But there's also a business aspect of it. Now, while Drum is great and what Drum has brought is special, there's we'll probably only ever see it once to twice in our lifetime, a center who can get you a double-double with playing less than 20 minutes consistently. If you play Drummond 18 to 20 minutes I have no doubts in my mind more, more nights than not he's going to get you a double-double and find a way to do it. And If not, he's probably going to get 10 to 15 rebounds because that's just the impact player Drummond is, especially on the boards. But there is a business aspect to it. this. And it's the, the, the fact that Drum is an unrestricted free agent this season. We've heard no even remote talks on a contract extension during this season for Andre Drummond, and that may be because Drummond is agent. No, Drum can get the bag this offseason. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get a $10, $15 million deal. That's probably not coming for Drum. But When you look at Drum getting the veteran minimum right now of a little over $3 million, his cap hold alone is about $4.5 million next season. And unless he signs for less than that, which with his veteran minimum, he really can't sign for too much less than that. Cap holds generally do not represent, unless a player's had a down season or injury, what the contract a player actually gets. It usually gets on average, about twenty to thirty-five percent more than what their cap hold is. That's on average. So with that said, uh, the Bulls just are in a position where if they do plan on extending Patrick Williams or even want to keep uh, you know, some some hope for extending DeMar DeRozan, they are just not in a position to offer Andre Drummond the contract that he's probably gonna get. Now, could Drummond take less to stay in Chicago, a city that he reportedly loves? He loves the way that the franchise handled his mental health things going on last season. Yes, there is a possibility for that, but outside of him being willing to take less, the Bulls can only get up to, uh, well, they can, if they renounce every player and things like that, they can get up to $38 million. We know that's not going to happen, but the projected cap space that the Bulls are going to have is $16.3 million. That's not taking into consideration Patrick Williams' extension or trying to get, uh, you know, uh, re-sign Andre Drummond or uh, DeMar DeRozan. That That is going to hurt and limit the Bulls' ability to re-sign Drummond. Keep in mind, the Bulls are not going to go into the luxury tax. The luxury tax is basically a hard cap for us because of the ownership in Jerry Reinsdorf. And so because of that, the Bulls need to add shooting, right? We know that. That is something that we absolutely need to add is shooting. We may have to make some wholesale changes. Those are the reasons why the Bulls could be looking right now to move on from Andre Drummond. Not that Drummond isn't valuable. Not that Drummond isn't good. Not that Drummond hasn't played really well for the Chicago Bulls. Like always, with a Chicago Bull, experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000 all you have to do is claim the code bull central but the fun doesn't stop there get up to the minute odds free bets and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on the best part about my bookie you can bet on anything anytime from anywhere use the promo code bull central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today team it comes down to finances and Jerry Reinsdorf with a team that's fighting to hold on to a ninth seed I don't think we really can see that this Chicago Bulls team is going to fight to uh or go into the luxury tax to hold on to a player like Andre Drummond so it comes down to those things now could things change that yeah the Bulls maybe move Lonzo's contract maybe they move Zach Levine in a deal this offseason you know those type of things could potentially change the Bulls cap situation. And that's why it's not that the Bulls are absolutely looking to shop Drummond, but if they can get that value back rather than risk losing him for nothing in the offseason, that's kind of where the Bulls sit at right now. Just wanted to clarify that. Saw a lot of questions about what, uh, why, why the Bulls would be you know, looking to move on from Drummond, and it really just comes down to, like always with the Bulls, money. But okay, with that said, though, what are the different directions that the Bulls could go uh, in, uh, in, the, in this trade deadline. Now, the most likely outcome, as most Bulls fans that are keyed in with this team will tell you, is continuity is probably the biggest thing, meaning no real moves are made. Not, you know, maybe and maybe buyout market is probably going to be, you know, the Bulls' biggest thing where they do have a lot of options. They have a mid-level, part of their mid-level exception, they have their full biannual exception. We got the disabled player exception that we can use as well that we have not used up until this point. I think that expires once the season the calendar changes so you know that that's what it that's what it comes down to and so continuity is still the most likely scenario for the chicago bulls and it just is what it is we haven't been a front office that has been very aggressive in trade market and you know some of that is reasons all right you don't want to make a bad trade and you have to have a partner out there and you know some people who judge the bulls not making moves you got to evaluate the market and for for at least last year the market just wasn't there when you look at the bulls contracts how we didn't have a lot of the smaller contracts to play salary cap filler. We were very top-heavy, and then small with, like, rookie-scale deals. So, But continuity is still the most likely bet. And I I don't think that's going to shock or surprise anyone. It's probably going to frustrate a couple of Bulls fans, rightfully so. Uh, But continuity is still the most likely bet, with the Bulls then pivoting towards being big players on the buyout market, potentially. And so after the trade deadline, probably on tomorrow's episode or maybe even Saturday's mailbag, I'll go over the buyout candidates. I'm trying to wait to see who gets moved, and then that'll kind of inform where where the buyout opportunities are. So we'll talk about players that the Bulls could go after on the buyout market. Um, but so that 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 kind of sits where things are. Continuity is the most likely outcome for the Bulls at this trade deadline, meaning no major moves are made. Maybe you might move, make some smaller move, maybe for like a Javon Carter, Tory Craig, something like that to bring in some different bench pieces. But even then, I don't think anybody's really going to look to take on those players. So continuity is the first and most likely outcome at this trade deadline next up i think being semi-sellers and by that i don't mean that they're looking to sell off all their pieces to go into that rebuild that some fans and and and, and national media uh, people are calling for the bulls but by that i mean move off drum maybe move off some long-term bad salary in javon carter and potentially maybe moving off of alice caruso or on or uh demar Derozan, rosen depending on if you get the if you get deals back that you favor Um, and those would be picks basically based around picks or young talent, semi-sellers. I'm not going to say full-sellers because full-sellers, I think, is what the Bulls did in AK's first trade deadline when he traded off all of our young assets to kind of rebuild the team. I don't think they're going to be full-sellers looking to move all those guys, but I do think semi-sellers are moving maybe one to two of those pieces, maybe even together. Teams calling on Andre Drummond, why not try to move off that long-term salary and Javon Carter, who's basically proven to not be very much for it. That's that's an uh, option for the Bulls here. I do think that this is this is less likely than continuity, but it is still likely that one of these pieces that are on a cheap contract that teams could want for this playoff run could end up being off the team by the end of the trade deadline. Drum is probably the most likely scenario. Alex Caruso seems far fetched via what the Bulls want back and how high they value him. And then Javon Carter, uh, Terry Taylor, DeMar DeRozan, those players could potentially be moved in deals. But I don't necessarily see that likely either, unless it's kind of a larger deal being included. And then also, the, the Lonzo Ball contract and the disabled player exception, could that be used in deals? There's some potential for that. Um, it, it could also help teams create a, a trade exception, which, you know, some teams value a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's that's the option for selling for the Chicago Bulls. Again, not a scenario that I think is, is hugely likely, but one that could could happen in, to varying degrees. And then lastly, could the Bulls become buyers at the trade deadline? Now, when you look at it, I know a lot of Bulls fans have been trained to think the Bulls have no draft capital. Technically, we own our own uh, picks in 2028, 2029, 2030. Uh, we have our own second round picks, I think, in those years as well. We could attach some of that to try to just dump Zach Levine's salary. I don't think that's likely. Um, we also have tons of exceptions that we could use uh, to try to become buyers. We have the the disabled player exception for Lonzo Ball. We have the mid-level exception, but that can only be used to sign a player, not really to trade for a player. And then you also have the biannual exception. So the Bulls could become sellers via those things potentially, but even then there's some big questions on if the Bulls will be willing to do that because that would indicate the Bulls kind of changing their philosophy pretty, pretty, pretty hard. And so I don't think that those things are likely coming for the Chicago Bulls, Um, you know, to be, be true, true buyers at that, at the trade deadline. Because that would mean probably going into the luxury tax. That would mean coming off players that AK doesn't seem like he has a propensity or desire to do. And that would also mean moving Zach Levine's contract to tr- and to add other things to it to make it more enticing. You would go from then trying to be in the power po- uh, position of moving Levine to get assets back to where you're basically using Levine and his contract to send out other assets and get something major back. I don't see that happening for the Chicago Bulls. The buyer outcome for the Bulls at this trade deadline I think is the most unlikely scenario for the Bulls. And more than likely, the Bulls aren't going to do much of anything at the trade deadline. Now, we do know that AK uh, already has a press conference scheduled for 3 p.m. on Thursday. That's today. Uh, keep in mind, the trade deadline ends at 3 p.m. The last time the Bulls had a uh, a press conference that close to the ending of the trade deadline, we ain't do shit. You remember the time that, that Paxson and Garforman. Foreman they did their press conference before the trade deadline even ended. It's not that bad, but they have one to go live right after the trade deadline. Maybe that means that they're going to do something. Maybe that means they don't. But we're here from AK. Any excuses or anything, the the, the expl- explanation of why we bet on continuity, we'll get that from them at 3 p.m. And we'll end up seeing what happens, man. I Like I said, I, I have my own thoughts and personal opinions on where this is going to go. We'll end up seeing it. You guys know I'll be here, number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. You guys will get some news from me either way. If the Bulls make a trade or if they stand pat, be looking for me right after the trade deadline to be talking about what the Bulls either did or did not do. All right. With that said, man, we do got a game today. Last topic for today. We do have a game today against the Memphis Grizzlies. And listen, the Grizzlies are missing a bunch of people. Uh, Ja, of course, is out. Desmond Baines out. Marcus Smart's out. Brandon Clark's out. Lamar Stevens is out. Zaire Williams all out for the Memphis Grizzlies. Questionable, J.J., uh, Jared Jackson Jr. is questionable, and Derrick Rose are questionable for tonight's game. And so that leaves it. We also, to go over our injury report, Torrey Craig's listed as doubtful. It looks like he uh, has a new injury due to that, uh, that that thing that happened to him in the last game. He may not play in the game. And then Alice Caruso, Kobe White, also listed on the injury report. I expect them to play. Alex Caruso has been on the injury report for almost every game this season. So there you go with that one. But this is a game where it just comes down to, again, the Bulls understanding the moment. This is a Memphis Grizzlies team that has sucked this season and sucked because of injury. They're 18-33 on the season, not really too far off from the Chicago Bulls record, if we're being honest, but the Bulls cannot overlook any team. We've talked about it so much. This is not a team that's in a position to be able to overlook anybody. The Bulls have to come in here. They have to take care of business against this Grizzlies team, and the thing that I would kind of focus on most if I was the Chicago Bulls in this is defense. You can suffocate out. The Memphis Grizzlies have the worst offense In the NBA at points per game, period. That is. And there's reasons because of that, because of their injuries and things like that. The defense, the Bulls can come in this game and absolutely snuff them out defensively. The Memphis Grizzlies shoot the league worst percentage from the field as well, at 43.8%. You can take care of business against this team. The Bulls have to be looking to do that against the Memphis Grizzlies. Rebound the ball well, play defense well, let that defense set the tone for you. If you do, Things are going to get easier for you, right? And then execute offensively. I would love to see the Bulls come into this game and just take care of business and have this game over with by the third quarter. That'd be too much like right for the Chicago Bulls team because we haven't seen them do a whole hell of a lot of that over the course of the season, but the Bulls just got to come in here and execute. Be prepared. Do not get caught lacking against a Memphis Grizzlies team that is missing so much of their roster. And this has happened a lot for the Chicago Bulls. So that's why I I can't doubt it. Now. Even though the Memphis Grizzlies have the worst offense in the league, they are a respectable defensive team. They actually are the 13th-ranked defense in the league, which is crazy, right? So you, you still have to execute offensively. You cannot overlook this Memphis Grizzlies team. And I'm looking for Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond, regardless if they start together or not again, to really take advantage in the post and in the paint in this game. And it's up to our players to find them in those mismatches as well to take care of business. Can the Bulls stand on business tonight? Let's hope so. Against the Memphis Grizzlies on the road in Memphis. But that's my time for today, guys. I'm sure you'll see my face a couple more times today as the trade deadline is today. And we'll be breaking it all down at the number one spot here. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Pod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773 242 I'm sorry, 773 270 2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.